you, and you know what? We've begun fall, which means absolutely nothing in Texas. It's still 95 degrees. <laughs> Hallelujah, though. The only thing good is it's starting to get dark a little bit earlier, and sometimes when you turn on your water, it's actually cold coming out of the pocket. Amen. That's the only time we can tell about that. But it's good to see each other. One of you, welcome to Robertson Avenue. If you're visiting with us this morning, we're actually just about to offer uh, up the little bitty visitor card. You'll find a fun new place in the offering place. Come down from here and witness the visit. We would greatly appreciate that. If you join us online this morning, we want to welcome you as well. As you consider being right here in sanctuary with us and experience what God is doing in Robertson Avenue Baptist Church. Speaking of that, there are a lot of things happening in Robertson Avenue. I want to share with you. Number one, you probably noticed inside our foyer there, there is a tub. And that tub is decorated for Thanksgiving. That's because we're having our Thanksgiving food drive. It's going to end up going in our uh, actual turkey outreach. We're going to come up next month. We're beginning to uh, collect for that. And so you notice inside of your bulletin, you have a flyer. And that flyer is suggestions on what to give and when to give it. So it makes it a little easier on our collectors to keep them separated and sorted. So starting next week, we'll be looking at our canned green beans and corn. So if you want to donate in that, you can go along with that. However, we'll take those donations however you want to put them in there, however you want to send them. You can also give monetarily uh, as the offering plate comes around. Just make sure you're located in your check memo or on your envelope to put it in if you want to go for the Thanksgiving food drive. So our goal this year is to give away between 30 and 35 complete Thanksgiving dinners. And so last year we gave away 34 of them. And so we're reaching out to a different area of the community. Pray for us in that. Get involved in that and see what God will do with you in the outreach here at Rochester Baptist Church. So you'll find that flyer inside and how you can be a part of that and start out in that. Also, church, a brand new Sunday school class is starting. It's going to be in room 103. And by the way, if you don't go to Sunday school, you need to get involved in it. You get plugged in. It's at 930. It is the power of knowing God. It's a precept study. It's a precept ministry study. It's an inductive study on the power of knowing God. It starts next Sunday. Uh, Sister Dan, DJ and Brother Dan will be the ones leading that class in 103, 9.30 next week. You are invited to come be a part of that. So I want to encourage you to be a part of it. And you might say, well, Pastor, I don't usually go to Sunday school. Get involved in Sunday school. You'll find out what's going on. You'll find out what's happening. Not just that, you'll grow in your knowledge of God, and you'll develop a love for the Word of God that you haven't had in a long time. Let that fire get rekindled. Let that love get remade and get yourself back in the Bible. Back in the house of God, back in with the people of God, and back in the study of God's Word, you're going to find yourself having joy you haven't had in a long time. All right. Uh, also, with that being said, we are still currently accepting our September Operation Christian Child Islands of the Month. There are games and puzzles. So if you donate to OCC, that's what we're doing this month. Get ready for a change coming up in October for our Operation Christian Child in that. However, I want to remind you we are still uh, hosting our radar couple themselves to support that Operation Christian Child uh, shipping. So if you're interested in that, you can get your sister DJ or the church office and find out some more details on that. Also, coming up very soon, church, we'll be having our spirit night or our fundraiser night at Chick-fil-A. I believe that's coming up October 5th. Is that right? Uh, and so what you'll need to do for that dinner time frame between 5 and 8 at Chick-fil-A here in Coppertown is go through the drive-thru or come on into the restaurant and say, hey, I'm here for the Operation Christian Child Fundraiser. got to make sure you tell them that. If you don't tell them that, you don't get credit for that. And then 10% of every one of your sales go to the Operation Christian Child Chicken Fund. We need to help them that. So go and get the Chick-fil-A sandwich. I don't know about you, but the Baptist bird has always been good. Amen? So come and get yourself 
a Chick-fil-A sandwich and be a part of that. Also, church, coming up on October 6th, we'll be having a uh, fundraising dinner here at the church for Operation Christmas Child as well. And so you can get tickets right now to Sister Esther, uh, or you can get touch to the office and reserve your tickets. We're happy to do that with you. Also, coming up in the middle of October, we'll be having our, our church uh, rummage sale, annual church rummage sale. And so if you're interested in that, you want to reserve a table, you get to the office or Sister Esther, get those tables, be a part of that. I understand it's going to be a little bit bigger this year. And so I understand we're going to have a lot more vendors. And I heard we might even have a food truck or two in the parking lot. So come and be a part of that. So that's going to happen also in October. Pray for it. Pray about being a part of it. And consider being a part of that church rummage sale that's in there. All right. With that being said, I want to remind you that the way of the master will meet tomorrow night at 6. That will be week 3 of that. So pray for us in that as we uh, learn how to share our faith and we learn to go out and do that. You understand where the master is going to really help out in our church outreach. And so we're going to be going door to door with that. Pray for us in that. Pray for each and every student that's in there. They now have a desire and a love and a concern to share the gospel with everybody they come across in that. Uh, don't forget, please, that Ladies Bible Study still meets Tuesdays at 9.30 and in the evenings at 6.30. And don't forget that Men's Bible Study meets Thursdays at 6.30. All right, I think that's about it for our announcements, unless I forgot something. I don't forgot to mention. Thank you, Brother Robert. And one more. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. That's why DJ's my secretary, amen? So, I got three of them right there. Number one, choir practice today at 430. It's actually cantata practice. Come and be a part of that. Not too late to jump in and start singing for the Christmas cantata. We need you in it. We've got a lot of people in it, so the more to get in the cantata, the better it will be. And so, you heard that old saying before, love covers a multitude of sins. Well, a lot of voices cover a multitude of bad singing. Amen? So come and be a part of that as well. So we want you to be involved in that. Help us sing. You say, well, who's got the bad voice? I'm in the cantata. So cover me up. All right? So come and be a part of that. If I can do it, you can do it. It's a blessing. It's a lot of fun. Brother Mark is doing an excellent job leading us in that. So I want to encourage you to get involved in that Christmas cantata singing. Uh, also, coming up Wednesday at 9 a.m. Thank you, DJ, for reminding me. Robert Bradley will host the CUS Bowl National Day of Prayer. We'll be right outside there in the courtyard where the flagpole is. And if we have intimate weather, rain or something of that nature, then we'll meet here at the sanctuary. We'll pull the U.S. flag up to the front. We'll gather around the pole there. But I don't think we'll have that. But we'll pray on these networks of areas. We're going to lead into the short devotion. We'll have a time of prayer, a time of singing, a time of praising. And then it will be about a 15, 20 minute, maybe 30 minute service all together. We're not doing anything Wednesday morning. We're invited to come be a part of that. 9 a.m. Wednesday morning. I'll also be in prayer for me and Brother Darius as Darius, our youth pastor. We'll go out to one of the, uh, he's going to the high school and I'm going to go to one of the junior highs. So pray with us in at about 7 a.m. to pray for those kids there in that. All right. Last but not least, there was one more. What was National Night Out is coming up as well. And it's going to be on the 3rd of, of October. So the 3rd of October, the National Night Out. What we need is church members to volunteer to start to bring sides. We go with hamburgers and hot dogs. And what goes with hamburgers and hot dogs? I don't know about you, but baked beans. Amen. Potato chips, potato salad, macaroni salad, cookies, ice cream, things like that. Go wonderful with that National Night Out outreach. Uh, we'll need some volunteers to help set up for that. We'll start setting up about 4 o'clock over around 8 p.m. 
but he will actually open the door for it at five. And so it's going to be an exciting time for National Night Out. It's a great outreach. Historically, if TV can, can help me with this, we usually have between 100 and 150 visitors. Is that right, TV? Somewhere in there. So it's a great opportunity to share the gospel, a great opportunity to get out gospel track if you're one of those, and it's a great opportunity to share with people about what God is doing at Rochester Baptist Church. So thank you for that, Sister DJ. I think I've got all the announcements now. One, 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 one. Both. All right. Let's go to the Lord's Prayer. And after we pray, would you please rise and welcome one another? Father God, we come to you in Jesus' name. Oh, how we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love. We thank you for your peace. Asking you now to take charge, Lord, we worship you. That your name would be glorified. Your name would be magnified. Help us, Lord God, to concentrate on you. And help us, Lord God, to lift up praise to you. For it's all about you anyway, Lord. Take charge of our hearts. Please start making your way back to your seats. We have a couple of videos I'd like for you to see. 
One is a baptism we got to do off campus. I'd like for you to see that, and then we'll follow up with our Operation Sister Scott video of the week. Please enjoy those. to be able to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations in Matthew 28, 19. It's such a privilege that we get to affect a community on the other side of the globe. The evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. God is on the move with Operation Christmas Child, and it's so exciting. If you feel called to be part of Operation Christmas Child, God has a place for you in this ministry. Each and every role in the process is very important. And it takes all of us working together as a team to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. There are so many more children to reach, and we can't do it for ourselves. It is the most rewarding thing you can possibly be doing because you are doing what the Lord has called us to do, and you are doing it in the will of God. We are kind of 
constantly in prayer that God will bring just the right people to join our team, that He's calling them in the same way that He's called us.
judge, but it's really hard to serve God while sleeping on your couch. Amen. We need to get involved in what God is doing. We need to be a part of God's family and God's people. I want to tell you there's a place for you. There's a class for you. There's something for you to do. Some most people come to church and say, I can't get involved in anything. We've got this national night out that needs your help. We've got this person outreach that needs your help. We've got lost people in Copper Cove that need your help. Somebody say amen. We've got a call. We've got a commission. We've got a reason. And we've got the Bible and the Holy Spirit to help us. What are we waiting for? Oh, what I love most about the Apostle Paul, though, when I spend time thinking about him, thinking about him, he wrote, and he came in back. He is author of at least 13 books of the New Testament, and I personally read 14, 13 New Testament. Most people say, what's the 14th book? Hebrews. I think he wrote Hebrews as well. But a lot of scholars disagree with me, and that's just the old thing. Um, he wrote then over half of our New Testament. There are 27 books in the New Testament. He wrote 13, possibly 14 of those books. Inside of those books, you're going to find that he wrote some while in prison. Some while being attacked, and some while at a time of peace and rest. And what I love most about the Apostle Paul is he doesn't fool any part whatsoever. He says what he means, and he means what he says. I mean, he does. There's very few, very few pictures, word pictures. Sometimes he does these things. Sometimes authors write things. Sometimes Paul's offensive. Sometimes the Apostle Paul is pleasant. Sometimes he is intending to bring about a reaction, and sometimes he is intending to bring about Pharisees. Here, if you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, we have a classic called the theology, and it is most supposed to be. You might say, well, Pastor, how so? What I read there, that Jews request a sign, Greeks seek after wisdom, yet the cross is a stumbling block. How is that offensive? Well, this is extremely offensive. Number one, if you're going to sit in these two camps. Number two, if you're a Christian, it's not offensive to you. It's going to be the power of salvation from God. This is most certainly offensive. meant to be offensive. Well, Paul, and I love the Apostle Paul here, he separates everyone into three categories. And what's more, to the Apostle Paul, it's certainly not wrong. He separates them into three categories, and these three categories still exist and are still prevalent today. His separation categories are very easy to follow, they're very easy to see, and they are easily discernible. says, Jews request a sign. He says, Greeks seek after wisdom. Those who are called by God embrace the cross. Jews, Greeks, and Christians, there's your three categories right there. And there's your three points for those of you that are looking for an outline that I don't always get. There is your three points, Jews. And so when you start thinking of Jews, that's what the Greeks are. Paul tells us that Jews request a sign. He 
tells us that inside of First Corinthians, dude, you best take part. I don't know about you, but I'm willing to bet. Choking in the back yet? Decent CPR? I'm with you. You might think of something like this, though, when you think of Jews. You might think of this. That's what most people think when they think of Jews. They think of Khalid, Kippur, the Yamakurs, you might say, that thing he has on the finger called his testament, and then down on his forehead. On his left hand, he has Does that describe you this morning? Do you consider yourself a religious person if you're online and you're listening to me this morning? Do you consider yourself a religious person? You know what a religious person is? Somebody who believes in God or believes in a God and tries to do things to please that God. Are you hearing me this morning? Because Jews request a sign. And that may be what you've been looking for all these years. All these years, you've been going to church, to church, to church, to church, to church, and you've been saying, God, give me a sign, give me a sign, give me a sign, and you, like the Jews, are saying, I want a sign. Now, you don't want a sign that's in the middle of the road that says, go this way. You want a sign that says, I'm right. Are you hearing me this morning? Because I'm not preaching to myself, and I sure not preaching to the choir, so they wouldn't sit back down. I'm preaching to you this morning. I'm preaching about us. We're human beings. And as human beings, we fit into these three categories. One, we fit into Jews. And Jews are religious people. Now, we're not talking about Jews ethnically this morning. We're talking about Jews, those people who think they got religion all figured out. They think all i got to do is keep doing this religious ceremony. Sometimes we make church a religious ceremony. Don't we? Some of us think going to heaven requires us to sit on a hard pew for 40 years. Do you believe in God? Like the Jews are here this morning saying, God, I need a sign. God, give me a sign. You know, one of these days I'm going to get brave enough to put out on the marquee. You've been asking God for a sign. Here it is. Bring yourself to church. Paul lost all these people in the category of Jews. But they believe in God. They have no Are you hearing me this morning? If you are one of those that consider yourself religious, you consider yourself churchified, you consider yourself somebody who knows all about the Bible, but you got no relationship with God, then you are one of those this morning. You are one of those that says, I can do things religiously, I can act religious, I can do my religious duty and be okay with God. Well, you know what? You're absolutely positively wrong this morning because religion is not Come on, give the Lord a round of applause if you're going to. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Religion will not save you. Religion will not make you right. Religion
religion will not make you whole, and it will not take you to heaven. In fact, nowhere in the Bible does it say be religious. Religious people irritate the Apostle Paul. That's why he wrote it out there. Those people request a sign. Am I talking to you this morning? In other words, they believe in God, they know that He's real, and they're demanding that God substantiate their claim. Does that sound like you this morning? God, give me a sign and make sure everybody knows that I'm right. That describes you this morning. Perhaps your prayers say, God, I know you're there. Give me a sign, let me know that I'm right, I'm doing it right, and I'm going to be okay. Boy, sounds like a lot of churches we have nowadays, doesn't it? In fact, that's how we try to divine, if you will, the will of God. Oh, God, bless this if it's right. But really what you're saying is curse it if it's wrong. Think about that for a second. Oh, God, give me a sign that I'm doing right. I want to talk to you for just a minute. The Apostle Paul lets us know something. He says those that request a sign do. Now, he doesn't mean Jews in a bad way. He doesn't mean so he's not being racist at all. What he's saying is, I want to lump all those religious people together in one group. And those religious people are constantly saying, God, show me that I'm right. Show me that my religion's right. God, show me that my way of thinking is right. God, show me that my religious ceremony's right. Put your seal of approval on it so that everybody else can be wrong. Does that sound like you this morning? Paul tells us these people If I'm doing right, you know, it sounds like our Baptist forefathers. 
think that would come on Jews, but it's going to be able to come on Greeks. And we're not talking about ethnically this morning, so you need to understand that. We're not being racist. We're looking at Greeks. And the Apostle Paul's time frame, Greeks speak after wisdom. In fact, he tells us that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22. Greeks speak after wisdom. So what are we talking about here? If Jews request a sign, Greeks speak after wisdom. What are we talking about here? Remember, sign requests these people believe in God, but they don't have a relationship with Him. Wisdom seeking people, though, they don't get this. These people are looking for, quote unquote, it makes sense. Am I talking to you this morning? Am I preaching to you this morning? Are you one of those who said, I need to go somewhere where it makes sense, Pastor? I need to go somewhere where Christianity makes sense. Let me tell you something. Are you ready for this? You can knock your socks off. In fact, if you're sitting in your chair this morning, you're online, I'm going to tell you, buckle up your seatbelt because God is not interested in religion. God is not interested in you making sense. God is interested in those who embrace In fact, it's not a way to make sense. It's not a religion. Perhaps you're here this morning saying, I need it to make sense, Pastor. Make it make sense to me. Explain it to me. From my heart to your heart. You won't find this on the PowerPoint this morning. You won't find it on from my heart to your heart. Some things that make sense. Number one, milk and cookies go together. Somebody say amen. That's right. Don't be bringing a chocolate chip to my house without a glass of milk. That makes sense. Number two, are you ready for this? Do not eat tacos without hot sauce. Makes sense. Number three, are you ready for this? Number three, it makes sense that one man would love one woman for one lifetime. Amen. Amen. No, the things that don't make sense. Are you ready for this? Things that don't make sense. Go like this. Today, make no sense whatsoever. You ever just stood there with your mouth open looking at them? I cannot believe that came out of your mouth. I can't believe you think that's going to work. I can't believe that you believe if you stick your hand into my pocket and take the money out of my pocket and give it to somebody without any money, that the whole world will be better. All you've done is make him rich and me poor. Coming to church makes no sense. But there's a whole movement out there nowadays that says, well, the church could be anywhere I wanted to. It could be in Walmart. It could be in my RV. It could be in the boat. It could be anywhere I wanted to. I'll just have a church right now. That's not church. That's you satisfying you. You trying to make it make sense. Greeks seek after wisdom. Is that what you're here 
all this religious mumbo jumbo doesn't make any sense to me. You might be saying that. Every time someone witnesses to me, it sounds like someone's going, ba 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 Doesn't make sense. You know why? Because they're not doing it biblically. They're doing it to say, God, put a blessing on my side. Right. 
It means that I'm sinful, and my way of life and my religion doesn't add up to anything. It means I need a Savior, and the self-righteous people is a stumbling And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's a stumbling block to the Jews because it means their religion means nothing. If you have come here this morning saying, I need to be religious, you're here for the wrong reason. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only way you can get to the Father through the Son by knowing him. My prayer, that would be my Jewish people would start praying. I need to stumble over my self-righteousness. I need to stumble over my own opinion. And I need to get back up knowing I need Why? Because it destroys the self-righteousness. When they go to the cross and the signs and stumble upon, it means they need a Savior. And you know why Jesus went to the cross. Help me out now. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. There is nothing in that verse about for those who become religious. There's nothing in that verse about those who do a religious ceremony. There's nothing in it about those who become the way I think they should be. No, no, no. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son a stumbling block to the self-righteous that whosoever believeth in Him would never perish but have everlasting Why is it foolishness? Because the philosophy of the cross is different from our way of thinking. Our way of thinking is, you know what? We're a little more Greek now than we ever were Jewish. You know why? We have a system. Our system of commerce talks about that. You get something from me, you pay it. You pay for it. I go to Starbucks. I order a coffee. I usually have a drink before I even get to the drive through that's not the point, though. The point is it costs money, doesn't it? You go to Walmart, you get your cart full of groceries, and you end up spending $400 on what you can use $50 worth of groceries. You pay for it. You pay for it. Understand that's our wisdom. We think there's something that we've got to pay for. We think there's something we've got to earn or something we've got to get. But that, to the Greek, is foolishness when you take a look at the cross. Because the cross says... You can't do anything to earn God's salvation. You can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't buy it. You can't, listen to me now, you can't ever go out and say, listen, I'm better than anybody else. Give it to me. No, no, no. The cross, the grace of our God is simply that. A gift. God full of the world. To the Greek mindset, that's foolishness. It doesn't make sense to them. Why would he give me something? Shouldn't I have to pay for it? Shouldn't I have to earn it? Shouldn't I have to deserve it? Let me tell you, you cannot ever deserve it. For there are none righteous. No, not one. Not a one of us can measure up to God's standard. There are none of us who can deserve it. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And not a one of us who can ever earn it or pay for it by our works. For it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. Not of works, not of ourselves. However, wisdom, my Bible says, 
God's wisdom proves to the Greeks. You know why? You want to know why? If the Jews request a sign and the cross becomes a stumbling block, then the Greeks who request wisdom or seek after wisdom look at God's wisdom and say, that's foolish. Why? You know why? Because wisdom, truth, is a person. It's not, listen to me now, it's not a way of life. It's not a philosophy. It's not a program that changes the way you think. It is a relationship with a person. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man comes from the Father but by me. You need to understand that truth is not a concept. Truth is a person. And it is foolishness to the Greek-minded person. To the person who says, I don't want to believe that's foolishness. They think I can grab a hold of some religious attitude, some religious philosophy, and change the way I think. Wrong. You can't change the way you've ever done anything. But when you get to know Jesus Christ, He will change No one comes to the Father except through me. Do you remember Pastor Pilate? Do you remember Pilate as he got Jesus on trial? He's trying Jesus, and Jesus is going to tell him, I tell you of a truth. And Pilate's going to respond in a Greek mindset. Look with me in John 18, verse 38. What is truth? Got to understand the picture here. He is staring truth in the face. He's looking at the truth eye to eye. He's got him in his presence. The truth is speaking in his presence. And Pilate has the audacity to say, what is truth? In fact, we do it all the time. I need that philosophy. I need that way of life. I need that truth I've been looking for. It's got to make sense to me. The cross doesn't make sense because it's absolutely positively free. It is a gift from God given to anybody, everybody. All you've got to do is believe. Somebody say amen. It never was about work. It never was about religion. It was always about relationship. You need a relationship. Look at me in John 10, 27. If you're going to get over the stumbling block, you need a relationship. John 10, 27 tells us, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Do you know God's voice? Have you been hearing God's voice? Some of you might say, I've never heard God's voice in my life. Well, you got a problem. You got a major problem. Look at me in John 8, 47. He who is of God hears God's word. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. And that's because you don't have a relationship with Him. You don't have a relationship with Him. Then the cross has become a stumbling block. It's become foolishness to you. Why? Because you think it's something you earn, something you buy, something you religion your way into. It's not. It's a relationship. And that relationship develops into something personal, loving, salvation. It develops into knowing God and the power of His resurrection.
table to make it I know it's hard to grasp, but don't stumble over it and think of it as foolish. Grab a hold of it and think of it as glorious. He gave you the gift of eternal life. He gives you the chance. Brother Johnson has been looking for this, that philosophy to make sense. The philosophy of Jesus Christ. He's the truth. Get to know him personally. Walk with him. That's what Joshua has to do. And I know you And I'm not walking away from him. I've walked away from him. Would you be willing to come back this morning? Willing to get your heart right with him? Have to say, Pastor, I need to be a member of Robert Smith. Whatever the case may be. Have to say, Brother Josh, I need to follow through in baptism. Whatever it may be. Father God, we think of Christianity as food. You let day to the day, Lord, and grasp it as a relationship we're supposed to be. Come to know you, Christ, Lord. Take charge. Be glorified. Be magnified. Let the Jesus name be praised. Come as we sing.
want to get a little shout out for a brand new singing ministry. If you're a single person you want to get involved in that, you need to get up to something. Maybe you can be leading that. You can find some more details on the website and look in our replies and our books and we'll keep you next time you're going to join us. All right, so let's close with that word of prayer. And I hope to see you guys this afternoon, this evening. Uh, before we do that, though, so I'll call on some of the prayer. I want to ask you to pray for our brother Matt Brooks. Right now, 